to Discover Health, where we help you take control of your health so you can transform your life. Your host, functional medicine expert, Dr. Trish Murray, is on a mission to help every baby boomer age with dignity and grace. So facing seasonal depression. Welcome everyone. Thank you all for joining me today. I know there are, there are still stigmas surrounding depression, but you are not alone. Depression affects more and more people each year. If we have not met, my name is Dr. Trish Murray. I am a physician, best-selling author, and the Health Catalyst speaker. And I love helping people feel better with natural alternatives. I am motivated to help each of you achieve better health and wellness with robust, proven, holistic solutions. If you have any questions during our time together, please feel free to post them in the chat and I will do my best to respond to them at the end of the presentation. Before we get into the solutions though, let's gain a better understanding of seasonal depression. Seasonal depression, or also called seasonal affective disorder, abbreviated SAD, SAD, is a type of depression that related, that's related to changes in the seasons. The condition typically begins in the fall and continues into the winter months. However, some forms can cause depression actually in the spring or even early summer months, and we'll talk about why that's possible later. Approximately 5% of the United States population experiences seasonal depression. Women are more likely than men to experience seasonal affective disorder. Symptoms can appear at any age, but SAD most commonly appears between the ages of 20 and 30 actually. Typically, the further is one, one lives from the equator, the more at risk they are for seasonal depression, which makes sense because here we are in the midst, of, deep into the fall now, and we just changed our clocks. Uh, so it's dark where I live in the White Mountains of New Hampshire at a higher latitude further from the equator, and it's dark at 4, 4.30 in the afternoon. So we're deep into fall, we're not even in the winter yet, and it is the time of year that we are most possibly likely to develop seasonal affective disorder due to the fact that our light circadian rhythms and the light is all thrown off. So let's talk about some common symptoms. Symptoms of seasonal depression are consistent with those that occur with other forms of depression, but some unique symptoms to the seasonal type of depression are associated with carbohydrate cravings, increased appetite, excessive sleepiness, and weight gain. Other common symptoms range from feeling depressed most of the day, nearly every day, losing interest in activities you once enjoyed, having low energy, feeling hopeless, worthless, and irritable, loss of interest or pleasure in activities you used to enjoy, feeling sluggish or agitated, 
having difficulty concentrating, feeling hopeless, worthless, or guilty, difficulty sleeping or possibly oversleeping, again, carbohydrate cravings and weight gain, and if it's really drastic, even thoughts of death or suicide. Now again, symptoms most commonly appear during fall and last through the winter. However, people with the opposite pattern have symptoms that actually begin in the spring or the summer. Symptoms specific to winter onset SAD include, again, the oversleeping, the appetite changes, especially cravings for high in carbohydrate foods, weight gain, tiredness, and low energy. The symptoms specific to summer or spring onset of seasonal affective disorder actually include trouble sleeping and more insomnia, poor, poor appetite, so actually not eating, weight loss, and absolutely more anxiety and agitation. So the symptoms are a bit different in the summer spring uh, type of seasonal affective disorder. Researchers from the University of Maryland found that depression worsened during peak pollen periods with people with both bipolar disorder and active pollen allergies. You see the worsening of depression after high pollen exposure wasn't fully explained by the severity of people's allergy symptoms. Rather than a lack of sunlight, spring onset seasonal affective disorder may be linked to high levels of inflammation promoting chemical messengers called cytokines. Cytokines, folks, are a chemical that our immune system produces when it's irritated. And cytokine, so if you're exposed to pollen and you have allergies to it, the different proteins within the pollen, your immune system is gonna get irritated. More cytokines are gonna be uh, in your bloodstream as a result, and therefore you're gonna be inflamed. And that inflammation can affect the brain. And therefore you could develop even in the summer, particularly springtime related to the pollen, a seasonal affective disorder. Now the exact causes for SAD remain unknown. However, several possible causes include, one, your circadian rhythm or biological clock may be disrupted by the decrease in sunlight leading to feelings of depression. Serotonin, number two, sorry, serotonin is a neurotransmitter or chemical messenger in the brain. Low levels of serotonin affect mood and probably play a role in SAD. Reduced sunlight can cause a drop in your serotonin levels and may trigger the depression. And although serotonin is, a well, is well known as a brain neurotransmitter, it is estimated that 90% of the body's serotonin is actually made in the gut, in your digestive tract. Eating foods that contain the essential amino acid tryptophan can help the body to produce more serotonin. And folks with Thanksgiving coming up next week and us all eating a, a lot of turkey you might remember or realize that serotonin is created through the tryptophan and tryptophan is very high in turkey. And that's many times why after we eat a big turkey meal, we feel so tired and we wanna take a nap. 
some other foods <clears throat> that enhance uh, tryptophan and therefore can help with the production of serotonin are the foods like salmon, eggs, spinach, apples, and different types of seeds. Now, another thing to, to comment on is that your biochemical pathway for tryptophan, and in order to produce serotonin, the pathways involved with the production of the amino acid and the use of the amino acid tryptophan is very uh, re reliant on vitamin B6. So again, taking a, B, a vitamin B complex that has a good amount of vitamin B6 in it could also be another option to help your production of serotonin. Number three, melatonin is a sleep-related hormone secreted by the brain and plays a role in sleep patterns and mood. Low levels of melatonin have been linked to seasonal depression as the change in season can disrupt the balance of the body's level of melatonin. Melatonin is a hormone in your body and it, it's supposed to balance, it's supposed to be the highest at night and cortisol should be very low at night when we wanna to go to sleep. Cortisol is our fight or flight stress hormone and melatonin is our rest, relax and sleep hormone. So if hormone is, if melatonin is not high enough, cortisol will be up higher and then the balance between these two gets all disrupted. So that's another possibility due to the seasonal changes is they call, the seasonal changes cause a disruption in your balance between melatonin and cortisol. There are a few factors known to increase the risk of seasonal affective disorder. Women are more likely than men to experience seasonal depression, and the condition occurs more frequently in younger adults than older adults. Remember, we said its highest peak is actually between 20 and 30 years old. Additional factors associated with increasing your risk of seasonal affective disorder actually includes a family history. People with SAD may be more likely to have blood relatives with SAD or other forms of, or other types of depression. Another risk is if you already have the diagnosis of either major depression or bipolar disorder, then the seasonal changes may put you at risk for an episode. So symptoms of depression may worsen seasonally if you already have either major depression or bipolar disorder. Another risk is, of course, living at a distance further from the equator. SAD appears to be more common among people who live far north or south of the equator. And of course, this is due to the decrease in sunlight during the winter and longer days during the summer months. So again, it's the most seasonal drastic changes that have play a, play a risk into developing seasonal affective disorder. Now, if symptoms are severe and impacting quality of life, you absolutely should speak with your doctor to ensure adequate care. If you are currently on medication for any condition, talk with your doctor about adding natural remedies to help lessen symptoms. It's important to understand natural remedies are not necessarily considered cures. 
In most cases, users feel relief from symptoms with no adverse side effects, which is why natural solutions are preferred by many people. Traditional treatment for seasonal depressive disorder actually utilizes the use of phototherapy or bright light therapy. The idea behind light therapy is to replace the sunshine that you miss during the fall and winter months. Light therapy is effective in up to 85% of diagnosed cases. That's a very good result there. White fluorescent lights are used to mimic sunlight. So let's take a look at some natural solutions. In addition to light therapy, there are several science-backed solutions for treating symptoms associated with SAD. Some popular methods include something called a dawn simulator, natural light, as we just discussed. Uh, I'm sorry, light therapy is what we just discussed. Natural light would be actually getting outside, so more natural light. Vitamin D, diet, exercise, cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy, and journaling, as well as we'll talk about aroma therapy. So let's spend the rest of the time together taking a closer look at each of these different options in more detail. Dawn simulators. Dawn simulators are known as wake-up lights, and they help relieve sad symptoms by pr producing a gradual light. Wake-up lights are alarm clocks with a very unique twist. Instead of waking you up abruptly with loud buzzing music or buzzers, they simulate the rising sun by providing light that gradually increases in intensity. The emitted light actually starts out very dull and then gets slowly brighter over a 30 minute period prior to your wake up time and can be accompanied by gentle sounds such as rainfall or bird songs. Researchers have found that dawn simulators are just as useful as light therapy boxes for people suffering from mild SAD. Additional research has found that dawn simulators seem to increase athletic performance and enhance cognitive performance, as well as lift a person's mood. And I will post in the chat and also in our Discover Health Facebook group, a link to an internet site that reviews various brands of dawn simulators and lists and the, the site also lists the pros and cons of each design. So we will absolutely post that for you in our Discover Health Facebook group. Now, the other thing that's interesting, if, if you don't have a Dawn simulator, actually we don't have one in my home, um, but what we've been doing more recently is we've been, the, the alarm goes off, yes, and it is noise, and it wakes me up and, and my partner and my family. And then what happens is we go out in the main room and we only turn on, we don't turn on the overhead lights, you know, the really bright, typical overhead lights. Instead, we've been turning on just a few couple lamps that don't give off a lot of high, uh, intense lighting. 
And we all move around our day and get ready for our day and interact, have our breakfast, cook our, you know, prepare our, our meal and, and interact and, and then go in our rooms and get changed and so forth. And bottom line is we're moving around in a much lighter environment than the big overhead lights. And as we're doing that, the sun is starting to slowly come up. So at 6, 6.30, 7 o'clock, the sun is coming up and we have kind of risen with it rather than moving around in the really high intense lighting. So it's sort of a similar idea to this dawn simulator type concept. Now, some of the benefits of wake up lights include helping your body gradually stop the production of melatonin. Remember, melatonin is the hormone that makes you feel tired. Slowly stopping production before you wake up allows you to feel more refreshed when you get out of bed. Most users find it easier to get out of bed when they wake up light, when they use, sorry, a wake up light as compared to a regular alarm that jolts you from sleep. Wake up lights are ideal for waking up during the dark mornings of winter. When you're getting out of bed before the sun comes up, a wake up light can help adjust your natural circadian rhythms, which direct the body's sleep-wake cycles. Many who suffer from SAD find a wake-up light can help to minimize their symptoms. Even if the tiniest ray of light is peeking through the clouds, folks, get outside. For those with seasonal affective disorder, getting out during the day as much as possible to take advantage of any sunlight is crucial. Even if it's cold, bundle up and try to get as much natural light as possible. Break up your workday with an early afternoon walk to soak up some vitamin D naturally. You are not likely to get enough vitamin D you need from the sun during the winter months. However, Getting outside can help boost your spirits. In addition to getting outdoors, keep curtains and blinds open to let in as much light as possible. According to the University of Michigan Depression Center, the brighter the environment, the better. So folks, I can't say it enough, just especially in the winter, if it's cold, just bundle up and get outside every single day you possibly can. Now, vitamin D has been termed the sunshine vitamin and has been linked to depression when levels are low. Also in the COVID pandemic, folks, if you are low in vitamin D, you are at, you know, research and studies have shown and people are aware that if you do not have a robust level of vitamin D, if you're deficient or quite low, you are at a greater risk of complications of COVID-19. So there, there are two forms of vitamin D in the diet. One is vitamin D2, which is called ergocalciferol. And this is found in some mushrooms. The more commonly known level type of vitamin D is vitamin D3, which is called cholecalciferol. It's found in oily fish fish liver oil, and egg yolks. Now, if you suspect your vitamin D levels are low, you can have your doctor run a screening test. 
But I will also tell you there are sites online where a person can purchase lab tests directly from a lab. You see, vitamin D is a lab test that is difficult to get covered by medical insurance. You can get it covered, but you see, in order to get any lab test covered by any insurance company, a medical provider has to show what's called medical necessity in the different diagnoses or symptoms that they code for, for the reason that they're ordering a lab test. And the ones that allow for the testing of vitamin D, unfortunately, are very limited in the insurance world. They're more related around bone health uh, and myalgias and particular disease processes that are rare. They're the, the, the codes and the different conditions that you can code for to show medical necessity for the ordering of vitamin D are very limited. And so sometimes, you know, it's better maybe to consider if you don't have any of the rare conditions in order to definitely get it covered, to consider just finding a lab you can do the test yourself through and just pay out of pocket. But that's completely up to each person to decide. And you can talk with your doctor about it. Now, the natural form of vitamin D your body makes from the sunlight is cholecalciferol and can be obtained from a vitamin D3 supplement. The other type of vitamin D comes from calciferol it's only, and it's called vitamin D2. Some clinical studies that vitamin D2 works as well as vitamin D3. However, vitamin D2 is not the form of vitamin D naturally made by your body. Sad patients in particular are frequently found to have low levels of vitamin D. About 42% of the United States population is vitamin D deficient. However, this rate goes up astronomically to 82% in African-Americans and it's around 70% in people of Hispanic uh, background. Discover movement will enhance your mobility, build strength, improve balance, and enable you to move with confidence and ease. To register, please visit our Discover Health online shop at members.discoverhealthfmc.com. Now, vitamin D supplementation, a study published in the journal Nutrients showed participants who took vitamin D supplements experienced significant improvement in their depression. Vitamin D needs depend on various factors, including age. As we age, we actually do not produce as much vitamin D. It also is dependent on race, as we talked about before. Folks of African-American descent or Hispanic descent are at a higher risk for low vitamin D. It also depends on your latitude. Again, the further you are from the equator, the more at risk you would be for low vitamin D. So therefore the seasons also play in, sun exposure plays in, clothing, if you're always wearing more clothing and not having skin exposed to the light, that's a more uh, bigger risk for a low vitamin D level and others. Now, additionally, some studies have shown that the daily intake of vitamin D needs to be higher for individuals who aren't being exposed to the sun. 
Such individuals may include those living far from the equator again, those having to use sunscreens, or most of us use some sunscreen, but of course, those of us that are at higher risk for skin cancer, or those of us that have ever had skin cancer, really need to use sunscreens more abundantly. And therefore, you may not be absorbing the sun's rays as much, and therefore are low in vitamin D. And of course, if you have to cover up in the winter all the time, for example, you're not getting the same uh, sun exposure along, around your body and therefore not producing as much vitamin D. All these things considered, a daily vitamin D supplement is often recommended to ensure optimal blood levels for most individuals. Be sure to check, check with your doctor before incorporating supplementation and discuss dietary habits to ensure you are achieving optimal levels. Also, it is important to realize folks that vitamin D is a, what's called a fat soluble vitamin. Now this, due to this fact that it, it gets stored in your fat, it can be stored and build up in your body and it actually can get to a too high level or a toxic level. It is not a water soluble vitamin like vitamin C or vitamin Bs. The different B vitamins and C are water soluble. So we'll take them and then we pee them out and you don't really have to worry as much about too high a dose. There are maybe other causes by too high a dose, but you don't really get to a toxic level. But with vitamin D, because it gets stored, you can get to a toxic level. Now, typically though, supplementing, studies have shown that supplementing with anywhere from 2,000 to 4,000 international units of vitamin D3 daily is considered safe. Now, some bottles of vitamin D will give you that international unit dosing, meaning it'll tell you it's 1,000 international units or 2,000 international units or 4,000 international units, and you may be familiar with that. However, some bottles of vitamin D will give you a microgram. It'll say either 25 micrograms or 50 micrograms or 100 micrograms so that you're able to extrapolate and equate these different terminologies. Every 25 micrograms of vitamin D3 is equal to 1000 international units of vitamin D3. So that is the way you can uh, calculate your different, your dose and determine the appropriate measurement. So let's talk about diet. Hippocrates, kind of famous person when it came to uh, medicine, said, quote, let food by, be their, thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Sad sufferers craves more starchy carbs and sweet treats, which leads them to making you feel worse. Transforming your diet can make a significant difference in health and well-being, as well as mental state and mood. You'll want to limit your consumption of refined carbs, such as processed foods like cookies, crackers, chips, and nutrient deficient white products, white carbohydrates. When you do get the urge for carbs, instead choose, you know, don't choose the processed ones, choose complex whole grain varieties, like whole grain pasta or bread. Another good options 
is to really reach more for fresh whole fruits and vegetables, brown rice and, and beans like lentils. Research has found that including more fats, but healthy fats like omega-3 fatty acids from oily fatty fish, like white caught salmon, mackerel and herring, as well as vegan options like flaxseed and hemp, which also help to boost serotonin levels. Lean protein, leafy greens and fish will keep hormones in check and increase serotonin levels. Additional foods linked to increased serotonin levels are those containing high levels of, we talked about this a little earlier in this talk, tryptophan. And again, some foods that will increase tryptophan are turkey, chicken, nuts, bananas, peas, pumpkins, pumpkin and spinach. Now, while there's a lot of different diets that have lofty claims of curing you of all sorts of ailments, one thing that stays consistent among them is the priority in whole healthy foods. If you wanna work on trying to optimize your diet, then the following five concepts should be your goals and your triggers, your targets, I should say. Number one, you wanna decrease inflammation. Number two, you wanna alkalinize your body. If you're familiar with the pH scale, which has to do with whether something is more alkaline versus if something is more acidic, our blood in humans is kept around 7.0 in the alkaline to acidity scale. And the scale around seven, 7.2, 7.4 is very neutral. And that's, we wanna be there or even a, more, a little bit more alkaline in, in the, some of the fluids in our body or in our body. We don't wanna be more acidic. More acidity causes inflammation and toxicity. So we want our pH in our body to be higher and not low like five and six. You can also, there, there's ways to even check your urine for its pH with, with a pH strip that can be checked. Uh, to see if your urine is more alkaline or more acidic. And this is a whole nother discussion, but you want number two here, your, your goal with your diet is to alkalinize your body. The third goal is to lower blood sugar. The fourth goal is to eliminate toxins. And finally, the fifth is to optimi optimize nutrient intake. One of the best ways to optimize nutrient intake overall, folks, is to eat all the colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, pur purple. And I do not mean M&Ms and Skittles. I mean fruits and vegetables. Now, some foundational functional medicine pointers are to work on eating equal amounts, about 33% each to be, you know, accurate, I guess. If clean protein of what you want to eat is 33% of clean protein sources, 33% of healthy fats, and 33% of low glycemic carbohydrates in the forms of fruits and vegetables. Start by replacing unhealthy fats with healthy ones. You don't, you know, fat is not your enemy unless it's unhealthy fat. And unhealthy fats are hydrogenated and partially hydrogenated oils, and also trans fats, such as soybean oil, canola oil, and vegetable oils. 
These types of oils are not your friend. They're hydrogenated or, or they're full of trans fats and you do not want to eat those. Only eat grass-fed animal products. Grass-fed and free-range meats offer many fatty acids missing in the standard American diet. Remove all refined sugars, grains, and processed foods from your diet. This includes white rice, white pasta, and white bread. Many hidden sources of sugar include lunch meats, pizza, sauces, bread, soups, crackers, fruit drinks, canned foods, yogurt, ketchup, and mayonnaise. Actually fruit drinks, folks, like orange juice, if you drink full concentrated orange juice, that actually has more sugar in it than a can of soda. So you don't wanna drink that. Another foundational functional medicine step is to identify your food sensitivities. Most of us are sensitive to some foods within the standard American diet. And due to this, we suffer from chronic inflammation and gut dysfunction. Now the gold standard way to identify one's food sensitivities is to do what's called a comprehensive elimination diet. And you would do this for only three weeks, 21 days. And this 21 days of doing a comprehensive elimination diet allows your immune system and your gut to quiet and to clean. And after those three weeks then, with your immune system quiet and your inflammation down, you can then start to systematically rechallenge the different categories of foods that have been eliminated one at a time so that you'll know when your body is reacting to something and then you'll be able to identify that that food category is a trigger for you. The categories that you are sensitive will present themselves to you during the rechallenging, and you will know to avoid them. Now I have created a program in order to help you be successful in implementing an entire program around the comprehensive elimination diet. I call the program, the program I've created to help you called the Detox Plus program. This program includes a guidebook that is full of educational materials, as well as many, many recipes that will support you through your three week comprehensive elimination diet. It also has five educational videos that will support you through every step of the comprehensive elimination diet. And with our program, you're going to get one health coach visit to support you through the, the whole program and make sure you are successful. If you are interested in this program, all you do is go to my website, discoverhealthfmc.com, go to the shop of the website, and then just scroll down looking for the program called the Detox Plus program. Now, regular exercise is a must for beating SAD. Trust me, I understand the struggle. It's tough enough to find the motivation to exercise when you're feeling your best, let alone when you're feeling out of sorts. However, exercise, folks, is something I must insist upon. Regular exercise has been proven to help with traditional depression as well as winter depression. You must move. 
Studies show that staying active increases the production of feel-good chemicals such as endorphins and of course, serotonin. And this can help ease your depressive feelings and even improve brain fog. Research also supports consistency and frequency of exercise that that being consistent, being frequent, being diligent, making it a habit, doing it every single day offers the most positive effects for depression. Exercise is a long-term treatment, not a quick one-time fix. So folks, you can't be a weekend warrior. You've got to get up and you got to make time in every single day to do something related to movement at least for about 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day. It doesn't have to take hours. The key is to find something you enjoy that you'll want to keep doing. So let's talk about some options. Now, at one time in my life, I was a personal trainer and a competitive bodybuilder. So on my website, in the health library, if you go to the website, discoverhealthfmc.com, you go to the home page of the website, You'll see a menu that goes across horizontally across the top of my website. And you go to the category that says health library. Everything in the health library is free. And you'll look for one of the topics that says exercise videos. I offer a free level one exercise videos section on that uh, area of the health library of my website. One of those exercise videos is all about daily stretching routine. Another is all about core strength workout. And the third is more about weightlifting strength training. Remember, each one of these is all rated at level one. So they're very basic, straightforward exercises most anyone can do. Now, once you have done these, and you've been doing them for a while and you're looking for the next level, we also have other levels. If you want more variety, what we've created online, it's all online. You don't have to come out of your house and you can do them from anywhere in the world. The online program we have is called Discover Health Movement Membership. With this membership program, you get three classes per week. One of them is called Discover Yoga. Another one is called Movement for Longevity, which works on balance and strength and your nervous system to optimize your cognition, your balance and your strength. And the third is called Self Myofascial Release. You can do these classes live online with our instructors in real time, or you can do the recordings any time of day or night you would like to do them that works best for you. To learn more, again, go to my website, discoverhealthfmc.com, and right below my image on the home page, you will see a banner that you can just click the link to learn more about Discover Health Movement membership. Now, we are also opening, for those of you who are local, we are opening our new Valley Smoothie Shop to offer healthy grab-and-go foods and connect to the smoothie shop and I'm sorry, and connected to the smoothie shop is our Discover Health Studio Suite. And we will be offering, and we have offered in the past, of course, prior to the COVID, of course, 19 pandemic, live yoga and other movement classes. And we will be offering them again whenever the COVID pandemic allows them to occur safely. Now, other great fitness options include Pilates, 
running, biking, Tai Chi, Qigong, and dancing. Folks, just turn on the radio in your house and dance. And there are, of course, many other options for movement. But the bottom line, folks, is every day you need to move. And when you are having trouble being motivated, it's a good idea to do your exercise with at least one other person so you can help motivate each other and keep each other accountable. <clears throat> now let's start talking about a totally different concept called cognitive behavioral therapy. Research has found that cognitive behavioral therapy or abbreviated CBT may be useful for treating seasonal affective disorder. <clears throat> cognitive behavioral therapy provides a hands-on practical approach to problem solving. The goal is to change a person's negative patterns of thinking or behavior to change the way a person feels. And a study published in the American Journal of Psychiatry found that cognitive behavioral therapy might be even more helpful for SAD than light therapy over the long term. To start, a therapist will help to identify negative or false thoughts and then work with you to replace those thoughts with healthier, more realistic ones. Cognitive behavioral therapy makes you aware of your negative thoughts before teaching you how to replace those negative thoughts with more positive ones. The goal of cognitive behavioral therapy is to help a person change the way they feel and act by shifting how they perceive a situation. One of the most powerful things that can help somebody look at their perceptions and really get in touch with how they're feeling is to journal. Journaling can be a great tool for expressing thoughts and feelings, which can have an extremely positive effect on your mood and ease other sad symptoms. Journaling helps you get to know yourself better and brings thoughts and feelings to the surface. You may discover you're worried about something you didn't even know was upsetting you until you start writing it down and exploring it. Journaling helps you to take control. For many, many suffering with depression, journaling helps individuals take an active role in treatment by empowering you to do something to help yourself feel better. This is the perfect opportunity to identify negative self-talk so that you can change it. Now, don't hold back when you journal. This is your space. Be honest, be free. Open up and release whatever it is you're holding on to. Write regularly and for as long or as little as you like or you have time for. Take notice of your thoughts that you are writing down. Those this allows you to identify patterns and thoughts and feelings. You may notice stress as a trigger at a particular time of day or interaction with certain people may worsen your symptoms and you may start to realize that and then be able to explore why. Keeping a journal can also help to shift negative viewpoints. 
a great way to do this is to keep a gratitude journal in which you list the things in your life you are grateful for. I am a huge proponent of a gratitude journal. This is also a great practice to get into as you get into bed and are getting ready for sleep. I try and do this every day, either right when I get into bed and when I'm kind of winding down and starting to get ready for sleep. I love to go through it in my mind the top five or top 10, pick a number, the top 10 things, five things, three things that you are grateful for in your life. Go through it in your mind and encourage yourself to find all of those things and focus on what you're grateful for. It will make a huge difference in your life. Now a gratitude journal can be particularly influential in those needing a boost. Gratitude journals can have shown to lower stress levels to help you feel calmer, especially at night. They will give you a new perspective on what is important to you and what you genuinely do appreciate in your life and bring that to the forefront. Gratitude journaling will provide clarity on what you want to have more in your life and what you do not want to have more in your life. Gratitude journaling will help you learn more about yourself and become more self-aware. On days when you feel blue, you can even pick up your gratitude journal and read through your gratitude journal to reaffirm all the good things in your life and to help turn your mood around. So simply set aside a few minutes each and every day to write down a few things you are grateful for. And if you're not through near a pad or paper, then just go through them in your mind it still will have a positive effect. And lastly, let's talk about aromatherapy and essential oils. Essential oils are packed with potent plant compounds. SAD affects the body, the mind, and the spirit, and aromatherapy can address all three aspects of you. Essential oils have the unique ability to stimulate regions of the brain, including those that influence one's mood and internal clock, which affects sleep and appetite. What you wanna do is you'll need to get some essential oils, of course, and you would need to get what's called a diffuser. The diffuser is used to dilute the drops of oil and then to express the the smell and the aroma into the air of your uh, environment. You also could put a few drops on a cotton ball and inhale them. So you don't have to get a diffuser, but it, it you know, can work very well. So there are many ways to use essential oils. Some can be put on the skin, but some cannot. So be sure to learn which ones are appropriate to put on skin and which ones are not. Now, some a list of some of the most mood lifting essential oils include lavender, bergamot, lemongrass, chamomile, peppermint, frankincense, and something called clary sage. Now there are some very popular blends uh, in order to help particularly with mood. And I'm gonna list off a few of these blends right now. So one of the blends could be two drops of frankincense, two drops of bergamot, bergamot and two drops of orange in your diffuser. 
Another blend completely different would be four drops of lavender and three drops of chamomile. Another popular blend is three drops of peppermint, three drops of lemon, and two drops of orange. And a final popular blend I'll share is three drops of lavender and three drops of bergamot. So if you're not familiar with essential oils and aromatherapy and you have issues with seasonal affective disorder, I suggest you check them out. And as I typically do, I will provide a list of the resources that were used to create this presentation in our Discover Health Facebook group tomorrow so that you can do further research and reading on this topic. Now, if you are not already a member of our Discover Health Facebook group, all you need to do is go to our Discover Health Facebook, I'm sorry, Discover Health Functional Medicine Center Facebook page. That's the primary page of my business, Discover Health Functional Medicine Center. And simply look on that page for the place to push the button to request to join our Discover Health Facebook group. All are welcome. It just it, it is one of the closed Facebook groups. So you do have to request to join. If you do not go on Facebook and would, and would like to get these resources simply emailed to you, then you can reach out to us at discoverhealthcoaching at gmail.com. Now more on seasonal affective uh, disorder is of course all of these different resources. So again, just go ahead and join. If you are already a member of our Discover Health Facebook group, you will get this list tomorrow. And if not, go ahead and join. So thanks so much for taking the time to join me in this experience. This topic can be tough to talk about, but this group has been fantastic. I wish each of you the best on your journey forward. And of course, if you have any questions, please post them in the chat as you have throughout the presentation or email us at discoverhealthcoaching at gmail.com. Our health coach, Trish Chappett, monitors that email, the discoverhealthcoaching at gmail.com and will address and talk with me and we will come up with an answer to people's questions in order to support you. I am always here to support you. So thanks so much for coming and listening to today's webinar. And I'm gonna uh, stop the recording now and come on and answer anyone's questions. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the episode and the Discover Health Functional Medicine Center, visit us on our website, discoverhealthfmc.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will join us again next time so you can truly live in play as long as you want.